quite a bit of news this week. Excellent. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm going to be your host today, Ralph May. John is out saving the world as usual, cybersecurity style, but have no fear. We have a couple other people today. Steve is with us. We also have a guest, super guest host, Jeff McDuncan. Welcome, guys. Excellent. Thank you, Ralph. Yeah. Oh, we also have Ryan. <laughs> he still has his job. I don't want to forget Ryan, and he, he's he's actually good at it, and and John couldn't fire him anyways. So, but I I know nothing about hacking, so I I don't talk. I just hear. I'm just here. Yes, yes. He he flies the ship, puts in the intro, and makes us all sound and look pretty. Are so we on a flying awesome. pirate ship? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if we were in the water, you know, it you know we <laughs> might sink. So we we're flying. That's how fast we're going. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some news article today. We actually have a ton of news articles. Most of them don't have to do with ransomware, which yeah, is surprising. Yeah, we beat ransomware. And also, <laughs> we beat it. It's, it's over. But obviously, this is a trend, and ransomware is over, and it's not going to really be a problem anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, this was a summer thing. It um, totally just blew over, and uh, we won't be having to talk about ransomware anymore. I think the two things that solved it were cyber insurance, and that totally fixed it. And then the other thing was just us talking about it a lot and people listening. So, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm make my first official prediction as a uh, a guest host that ransomware is done next week. It's not even going to be a topic of discussion. We'll see how <laughs> yeah. this carries. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's going to age like milk. Perfect. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, what do you want to talk about, man? We actually have a lot of articles. Uh, or, uh, Jeff, any ones yeah, you guys start, want to start off with? Start off at the top right really? there. We've got, uh, we know who was behind the 2021 SolarWinds zero day attacks, right? We absolutely know. <laughs> oh, no, this, yeah, so this was the, um, not the SolarWinds attack where it was backdoor planet software right this was uh, um zero day in july of this year so different uh with this was with the serve is, is that correct yeah 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 so solar winds and the serve servers there was a zero day attack and the chinese were totally behind it yeah they call them dev zero three two two because i don't know how they identify apt groups anymore is this the development group dev zero three two two is this the b team i don't know yeah, maybe it's the B team or, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a cool name. You just go Ooh, dev group, yeah, you know, sure. uh, Ooh, I've heard of this name before. <laughs> <laughs> Some people want to be cool. Some people are cool. Um, so I guess that this was the SolarWinds zero day attack, like you were saying, and, you know, they're attributing it to China. And second time SolarWinds got exploited with this. SecureWorks is the one who discovered these attacks and codenamed the Chinese group, excuse me, Spiral. And per SecureWorks, I believe that's uh, mm -hmm. Dell, if I'm not mistaken. It started in uh, 2020 and ended in 2021. And it exploited a zero day in the Orion IT monitoring platform. And then this other one was the, they were targeting the ServeView servers. And this one, they were connecting open SSH ports, sending mal, uh, malformed pre-authentication connection requests. 
all kinds of fun stuff. I love how much solar winds is getting attacked. Actually, I don't. I really take that back. But why are they getting picked on uh, so much, man? Market share, I think, right? Uh, attackers go after the biggest market share. And if you attack a platform like SolarWinds, who is in a lot of big name like defense industry and, and large companies, then you've got, a, you've got a juicy target on your hands, right? Why go after something that is uh, a harder target, maybe a smaller target that won't get as much... Um, you know, bang for your buck, so to speak. So this article is really just about the attribution, right? So that Chinese hackers were behind this particular zero day attack. I'm not sure if they had put a attribution for the original attack, which was on Orion, right? And that was the supply chain attack that, you know, affected tons and tons of companies and government agencies. But could it have been trying to say the root cause of this was no ASLR on the uh, software. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to do a hot take and kind of disagree that the root cause was no ASLR. <laughs> um, they re-implemented OpenSSH, like the single most hardened piece of software that we know of to expose the internet. And they're like, hey, let's do it again ourselves. And then as well, not do any ASLR and such on some of the back right. uh, binaries. But that's, that's a bad yeah, idea. I think like, uh, like you said, yeah. that's not really the root cause, right? It's like saying uh, you don't have... Uh, UAC turned on, right? You don't have ASLR turned on for the process or the binary. It's more of a security, yeah. more of a kind you, you, of a boundary, build, I guess. Then instead of buying a car, you made your own <laughs> rocket ship and forgot to install seatbelts. Sure, seatbelts would be nice, but maybe go buy a car instead of just strapping a rocket to the back of your, I don't know, trailer. <laughs> hey, crypto's hard. Crypto is hard. <laughs> So don't roll your own. That's the moral of this story. If you haven't heard that before, well, now I'm the first one to tell you, but I doubt you haven't. Yeah, so China did it. Perfect. On the topic of solar winds, what about suing the CISO? Right. So there's another article in our show notes for suing the CISO, solar winds fights back. This is a secureworld.io article. And uh, basically, this is stating that um, a firm sued solar winds based on poor IT practices basically so simple passwords like the case says that solar winds 123 was a password on the company's update server so they didn't specifically call out just the CISO they called out the CEO and a few others um, so they're just uh, trying to get a lawsuit claims that inaction around cybersecurity led to deception for investors so this is an investment firm um, suing solar winds and if they have cyber insurance, maybe this uh, lawsuit will cover that, right? Boom, one-stop shop. <laughs> you don't even have to do security. security anymore. We'll just cover it. Yes, on our next episode, all about cyber insurance <laughs> and how you can avoid just doing security. <laughs> bad advice. Sorry, this is all, it's all bad advice. <laughs> remind me, there's a, uh, a Bloomberg series. I'm not, like, I'm not just pushing Bloomberg links, I swear by Matt Levine called Everything is Securities Fraud. Because it, it's kind of the, the, one of the single easiest bits of attack surface, if you will, for companies is to claim that there's something that they should have known that affects stock price and securities fraud like this and naming the CISO in particular is uh, a very available bit of attack surface for every publicly traded company. So it's kind of the easiest thing to prove is if they knew something that should have affected stock price, securities fraud is the uh, the thing that you could always attack. I find it interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, well, we might see more of suing of uh, the CISO, but um, you know, maybe just don't set your password to solar Winds <laughs> one two three or whatever your company is one two three, and maybe other security best practices we should think about doing. And um, you know, I'm sure they have fixed all of their issues now, and they're 100 percent better. And um, yeah, so we'll yeah. see it uh, next week. Speaking of basic IT practices, let's jump to the article about the Air Force cybersecurity person that decided to leave. Oh, yeah. So bad. Uh, so we got that article yes. here. Yeah. So Air Force software is so bad. The guy in charge of it all is about to quit. Is about to quit or, you know, in the Air Force, I think if you come out publicly about something, you're probably not going to be there too much longer. <laughs> so this was dated September 3rd. I'm assuming he's gone by now, but. <laughs> yes. So this article is pretty much about um, me and Steve are both in the military. So we kind of understand this, but neither of us were in the uh, Air Force. But uh, that, uh, you know, government's kind of slow to adapt and change. And, you know, um, maybe updating things is hard, especially within side of the Air Force and just the government in general and keeping up with best practices or keeping up with these kind of things is, is difficult. The article kind of talks about doing DevSecOps, which is kind of like, you know, development or adding security into your development uh, life, as, life cycle process, as opposed to like later on being like, all right, it works. And then being like, okay, how do we secure it? And I think really he kind of harps about that a little bit in this article and that, or no, excuse me, in his article, in his complaint, like mm -hmm. you said, Steve, he might not be uh, around anymore. But assuming just the idea that, you know, the DOD, which is a large enterprise you know, IT shop pretty much and doing a lot of development for other kinds of things um, and how they do that development in a more secure nature so they can stop trying to like, you know, chase and catch up. So I'm um, kind of right. And they bring up, we've talked about zero trust before and how it would be great if everything was zero trust, but that the fact um, of the matter is a lot of these places can't get the basics and security down pat right up, you know, this person makes mention about we hear leadership talk about zero trust uh, without our teams receiving a dime of funding to make it happen. So I guess around the board, this person's just upset, you know, lack of funding. Who knows what all is driving the fact that they can't they're playing catch up and can't keep their systems up to date. But it's certainly a problem if you yeah, get somebody, um, you know, coming out publicly from a, a branch of the military. It's not uh, not very common. So. Yeah, that, that isn't very common to see someone kind of publicly come out and um, ridicule mm -hmm. the, the process or the military and how they're doing the things, even though, you know, we know from the insider that there's a lot of, uh, I'll use the word friction in some of this stuff, right? It isn't always um, the smoothest uh, process, and especially with the bureaucracy mm -hmm. of it all. Oh, here so, it is. It says, uh, this person's last day is planned for October 2nd as his, as his mm, tenure as yeah, so chief it's, software it's officer. The uh, chief software officers make sense considering he was kind of harping a bit about mm -hmm. DevSecOps. All right, so security is hard. hard. And if you have a really big organization like the Department of Defense, it's really hard, right? Even if you do have uh, shareholders who um, believe in the mission. So I don't know. See some uh, commentary online, uh, Joshua. A hot take of government takes forever to change. This guy was trying to push change too fast to create change. So he complained about it and tapped mm -hmm. out. I, I think you're right, but maybe the fact that we can't seem to get real industry folk inside DOD to affect change internally in any time frame before they get fed up and leave, maybe that is also a sign of, of the issue. Yeah, I, I usually harp on the biggest, the best change you can make is the change that makes future changes easier, like playing video games. Anytime you can get something that 
gives uh, more experience points, like plus 10% experience point. Like making future change easier is always the best change you can make. Uh, when you make these big old one-time changes over and over and over again, people just get stressed about making changes, so they'll stop submitting new changes. When it's difficult to do an upgrade, people will just stick on the old version until the pain of staying on the old version is too much. Yeah, which sometimes inevitably is really, really long, where you have to just be like, please, please, can we upgrade? Like, no, no, it's going to be too painful. No, it still there works. Was a- one quote from the LinkedIn version of the article as well that amused me, and I saw some more commentary on the Hacker News about it. The DoD is still using outdated water agile fall acquisition principles. So in practice, it's it's waterfall, but it was declared to be <laughs> agile. So we like we do sprints, but the beginning <laughs> and the budget and the end are fixed, and it takes sometimes a literal act of Congress to fix those. So it's waterfall where it matters, but we we mandated that it's agile so we can brand it agile. Turns out there's more to being agile than just daily stand-ups followed by the same waterfall practice. <laughs> this is correct. Security is hard, and that may be why this next article talks about the cybersecurity industry is burning and VCs don't care. If you guys don't know, all of these ransomware attacks are creating a huge push in security, right? And it's kind of exploding with the Colonial Pipeline attack. We talked just about solar winds, which it seems like there's going to be four more articles about solar winds at some point. You know, hopefully not <laughs> more attacks, but we'll have to talk about something else because it was pretty big, right? And, you know, kind of the point of, point of this is that the the industry is kind of on fire and there is a shortage of people who can fill these spots there's a shortage of knowledge in that space and obviously it's gotten to the breaking point where we're having a lot of these high profile attacks i feel like more than recently right and uh our solution as we brought up in the beginning of the show is cyber insurance (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know joe uh what do you guys think you know, solving how, how do we solve this uh, cybersecurity problem and the cybersecurity gold rush that we have right now? You guys uh, solve it in five minutes. Go. Zero trust. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Blockchain. 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 Artificial intelligence, right? Right. So is the industry burning or booming? I don't know if it's. Um, uh, I, I think Intestors uh, will vouch that the, the harder, cl- the hard clients, the difficult clients, the uh, impressive security clients. Security can get better and better, but the low end is as it's been since year 2000 or so. Uh, that, and there's more and more a gap between well-defended companies and poorly defended companies. Yes, you can. There, there are customers who will notice. Uh, hey, look, a new endpoint was compromised, and be able to react within ten minutes. But they are pretty damn rare. The vast majority of organizations are still. Centralized IT, private networks that are really, really trusted. Once you're inside, you're probably good to go. That's what zero trust is all about. But good luck getting people to define it using technological terms. Uh, (laughs) Unless we commoditize more 
actual useful for security bits. Um, I do like a lot of what Azure AD is doing um, in terms of multi-factor, like having an easy scoring visible for your users and for uh, management to say, hey, we don't have MFA enabled for all admins, so we've lost some security points and we only get a C minus. Don't you want a B plus? Let's mandate MFA for at least all admins and work our way up. The incentives need to change. Right now, the incentive is to grow big, get VC money, and if it burns, well, it's not my money, it's VC money. And so far, the VCs seem to be fine with that bet. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Right, they well, unless there's, unless there's PII or PHI cons uh, in consideration, a lot of places don't care, right? And, or can't get the funding to, to back up why they need the security. So, I mean, security is a, it's a cost center, right? It's not really, uh, not really producing any money, so... A lot of companies and organizations, and I think you hit it right on the head, was you have a huge gap between the well-funded, more secure, seemingly secure entities, and then we'll go in and do a pen test or a red team and uh, a less secure entity. And there's a huge gap on that detection and prevention space, right? It's, it's a hard, it's hard. I don't know. Um, it is an impossible game of catch-up pretty, pretty much, as the article states. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, and, you know, I would say, um, my, like my shirt says, scope star. If you're not scope star in your, uh, your assessments, then you're not really doing, doing an assessment, are you? This is one that's, of my favorite shirts, by the way. Scope that's star. Right, that's my motto. We love your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Give me props on my shirt, please. All right. Yes. It is the coolest shirt I've ever seen someone right, wear on the show. Go. And I want everyone to know that. So, um, Jeff, you're going to have to <laughs> your game up if you'd like to continue to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prepare properly. I have my unicorn shirt handy, but not not on me. It's it's difficult because you know when I go to the closets, it's like which gray conference shirt do I want to wear today? Right? <laughs> yeah, I only have black and gray shirts, and sometimes when BHIS comes out with some colored shirts, I, I get one of those. But that's really about it. That fills up all of my uh, wardrobe there. You guys want to talk about some ransomware? Oh, what about those negotiators, right? Oh, um, yeah, there's a different side of it we haven't really talked about, right? Yeah, so we tend to talk about the um, so-and-so got ransomware because they had SolarWinds 1, 2, 3. But these are confessions of a ransomware negotiator. And, you know, kind of the idea is somebody's got to run the point on these deals. And it's lots of money. A lot of times the other party doesn't really understand um, how to pay and how to use, um, you know, their systems, how to pay in cryptocurrency and all the other fun stuff. So um, there's a whole negotiation process and figuring out how much pain they're willing to deal with and then how to handle it, right? It is definitely very interesting. And not only is it interesting, it's becoming like an industry. Like, that's just a thing you do. Like, well, what do you do, um, Bob? Yeah, I'm a ransomware negotiator. It's uh, pretty lucrative, actually. I take my cut. <laughs> I'm curious, are they, are they end up being fixed fee or are they like percentage of the amount they negotiated back? Ah, that's a that great question. Like uh, anti, great anti-sales role. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the amount of money going out and take some of what you saved. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming they work like real estate agents. Not that real estate agents are dealing with ransom. Uh, they're just taking a percentage, right? So I, I, I might argue in some markets that uh, <laughs> real estate is feel like <laughs> state feels like ransom, <laughs> depending on where you're living right now, especially in this crazy housing market. It's kind of uh, a never-ending thing recently, right? And the deals aren't getting smaller; they're getting bigger. 
And so it, it makes more sense to, I guess, have someone in the middle there to negotiate the process instead of, I mean, plus, shoot, dude, I don't speak Russian. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a requirement, man. Yeah, there's got to be a requirement. Yeah. No, it's, a bit, it's an interesting position, right? And it's more than just, you know, talking about the money. Um, you're in talks with law enforcement and I'm trying to get the, the price down and to prove that they have what they have, right? And you don't want to put that on your, you know, your receptionist or your IT lead, or, you know, you should put that on somebody else who's done this, you know, a lot of times. So I think it makes sense to have a service like this. I don't know if you get what you pay for, because I don't know what you pay for, really. Are you paying on top of the payment of the ransomware, like you said, or is this a flat fee? So that'd be interesting to see. Uh, comment by B. Murray. Good to see you. Minders Company. It's from a different article. Uh, it's on Fortune. Minders Company charges an hourly rate for its services with a cap depending on the size of the client. Twenty to $25,000. That's not, not bad. Not bad. But uh, thank hour. you, B. Murray, for sharing <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I find the, in, the information warfare of negotiation is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So that, uh, that register link hits me right in the... Uh, I am optimized for receiving that article. It's a good one. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to social engineer the social engineer, right? Yeah. So the mechanics of pretend to be at the company. You're not an outside negotiator, and you uh, don't have the paying authority yourself, so you can have an internal appeal to a higher authority. It's a great negotiation tactic of you're not the one who has the final say. So I'm trying to help you, ransomware operator, but I need to justify this money. And I don't know if I can know what you told me. Isn't that classic uh, car salesman technique, right? Like, oh, oh yeah. that's the guy in the back. He makes, I, I, hey, man, I want, dude, if I could get this to you for free, I'd do it. Like, you know, <laughs> or the opposite, they come back, they're like, oh, man, you know. We're going to lose money on this deal. We're actually losing money on this deal. I always want to be like, uh, so don't do it. <laughs> right. So we've got, we got a comment from Frog5. It says, I have a client using a negotiator right now. Insurance is footing the bill. Interesting. Insurance. So cyber insurance, man, covers everything. Even your cyber ransomware negotiator. Negotiator. Hey, you know, they're, they're going to be coming out with some certification about that. Cyber ransomware negotiation certification, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know what the acronym is for that, it's, but it'll be good. I don't know, but you penned it here first, so now you got to build a class. Yeah, exactly. I'm building a class now. Everyone just knows <laughs> it's about I have no experience in this, but I'm about to get very accustomed to it. Um, my skills come from uh, cryptocurrency, primarily. That's about it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, I think we're going to see more of this. And we might actually grossly see this turn into like an actual career field, not just kind of like a pop-up a la carte, you know, hey, I used to negotiate other deals. So so at some point, does this just become mob payments that companies will start proactively paying to like their protection fee so that they're not targeted by this one big consortium of ransomware operators? Why does that sound <laughs> like extortion? <laughs> like, why does that sound good? Like, why, how is this not illegal, right? Like, you're getting bullied by some other country now? Just, hey, if you don't, you know, we might we might get drunk and then, you know, attack would, you. It would be a shame if something were to happen to your network. It's a little domain <laughs> control over here. It's a shame if something were to cut off its legs. 
step back. Maybe this happens more often in like other countries or something. Maybe this is more common. I don't know. Or maybe it's happening all the time. I just don't realize it. And all these companies are paying off other people. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And I'm not talking just for security, I guess. I'm just saying maybe that we're now starting to see it come to the light. So <laughs> entry level negotiation positions. You know what the ransomware negotiation position, like the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The resume or the uh, the job description is going to say at least twenty years in this minimum. Oh yeah, <laughs> twenty years minimum yeah. negotiating with 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 ransomware. Yes, crews. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and possibly a bachelor's in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did I, I did come up with the uh, certification name. So we have the ransomware audits, negotiation, salesmanship, operations, and malware certification. Nice, nice. I like it. Was, that was quick and uh, quick and good. All right. What else we got for today? Oh, what about these um, parked domains? Delicious parked domains. So uh, over 60,000 parked domains were vulnerable to AWS hijacking. Researchers took over 600, or excuse me, 800 root domains. These domains get left out and they're not being utilized, but they're attached to mm -hmm. something like an S3 bucket and then able to take them over and reuse them for pretty much whatever they want. So it's a subdomain uh, or top level domain in this case, takeover. Pretty interesting stuff. I remember seeing this a little while ago, so it's not, it's not totally new, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, as more companies have rolled their cloud or small companies or whatever, uh, a lot of domains are just getting left out there, right? It should be an easy scrub, but, you know, the same yeah. with old computers that don't get upgraded, right? <laughs> In this yep. case, uh, I also, think they talk uh, about park domains pointing to non-existent Amazon S3 buckets. So if, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, this is unless, like you, a, unless you could register something and then have somebody like just randomly upload stuff to you. Yeah, this is definitely a you had one job kind of situation because Mark Monitor <laughs> uh, was the... Uh, domain parking company that was accidentally pointing towards uh, unused oh. S3 buckets. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, you're right. So Mark Monitor, uh, definitely very useful. I mean, subdomain takeover is definitely a thing. And I don't know that this one looks like it, it got exploited five via kind of a higher park park or domain parking company. Right. So it was immediately fixed though. At least that's, the, that's what they say here. In the that's article. what they say. There. Yeah. yeah. One hour after they emailed, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that they, uh, they started looking at security trails to be able to correlate which domains uh, were pointing to these uh, S3 buckets and also their popularity, just like sort by rank.alexa. It's a little bit further in that article. It was some good analysis of how bad is this, which because other than a few hundred domains, we're not going to recognize everything offhand, whether it's official, but uh, Alexa ranking is a pretty good way to, to demonstrate some potential impact. Mm. Mm. I see in that list there, Coinbase.ca. That's interesting. Yeah. There, dude, there, by the way, for everyone who doesn't know, there's like one bazillion now top level domains, like everything you could possibly think of nowadays. There's a lot going on out there and a lot of doppelgangers with some weird TLDs. So you can go to google.com slash blog, blog.google.com, google.blog, 
blog.google. These are all valid DLNs. Not horse is a top level domain now. <laughs> I know, I know. I just feel like, uh, was it ICANN? Just was like, you know what? Screw it. Top level anything. Eventually, I feel like they're just going to be like, okay, you can buy a, T, a custom TLD, right? Like, yeah, dot. Yeah, it's like $40,000, something like that. When is a dot BHIS going to be a thing? Oh, yeah, we better get it soon before it gets taken. And then there's like, uh, you know, um, oh, is it dom- domain. Um, squatting on it I, yeah, the main yeah but you're squatting the entire tld this sounds like a, <laughs> yeah, I may have found a new lucrative career yeah, oh yeah <laughs> see oh man i gotta just you know this this is how you pull yourself up from your bootstraps just take uh, you know forty thousand dollars and buy a couple of these and now Ooh. next thing you know you're a millionaire you know you just need a little money to get going right so oh we do have a ransomware article did we talk about the ZDNet article, FBI warns of ransomware attacks targeting food and agriculture sectors? Uh, no, let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, the White House pushes for proactive measures. So in addition to the May attack on um, the JBS, the FBI listed dozens of ransomware incidents that have taken place over the last six months targeting the food sector. So. Are these targeted or are these all uh, targets of opportunity and we just happen to notice these for the food sector? I'm assuming because of uh, COVID and supply chains getting longer that it's more about U.S. government saying, hey, wait, ransomware operators, don't pick on these groups because we really need them to eat. So we're going to do- I wasn't going to go there, but- (laughs) We're going to issue a statement. We're going to issue a warning. Uh, That'll stop them. A strong, a strongly worded letter. Don't ram. I can't imagine that these food processors have like amazing like cybersecurity programs, Um, right? I can't imagine them either. I I would say this is probably a case of like, holy crap, these guys are horrible at cybersecurity. Let's look at another one. Like, who's their competitor? Right? They can't be, you Um, know. So just kind of like finding a type of fish that's like easy to kill and just being like, let's find more of those. And that, that might be the sector, right? So, and you know, that might be kind of your attack scope. And instead of saying that, you know, this company is bad at security, which could be true. I mean, there could be, there's probably varying levels of that. You might just be like, this sector is not that great at doing security because of whatever. And all the ones that we have been able to compromise were super easy. And so let's do more of that, right? Those are great, good targets. Um, and they pay. So I don't know. I love the, uh, the, the quote from that same article. Studies have shown that 50 to 80% of victims that paid the ransom experienced a repeat ransomware attack by either the same or different actors. So you say you're willing to pay ransom, eh? Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, How many ransoms are you willing to pay again? So are they not fixing the vulnerability? So they're not fixing things then, right? Either the, no, the organization stays persistent in the environment, right? And then resells the access or they're, they're coming back into the same vulnerabilities, right? Well, oftentimes the, the ransomware operator doesn't necessarily know how uh, the initial access was given because we have initial access brokers nowadays who have shells yes. from whatever got them their way in. Maybe it was remote desktop guessing. This article actually has a pretty good list. Email phishing campaign, remote desktop, and just straight up software vulnerabilities. Got yeah. your initial shell, and then they'll just shell that, sell that shell for you know 
couple hundred bucks at most. The ransomware operator goes like pen testers do, domain user to domain admin, deploys ransomware, and then charges. But they may not even know how the attacker, the initial access broker, got their access to begin with. But it seems like something that sure. ransomware negotiators should do is, if you want us to pay a high percentage of your asking rate, we're going to need a report. <laughs> Slowly, this is transforming into pen testing. <laughs> yes, they're going to turn into pen testing right. companies for extor- extortion testing. <laughs> I, I just feel like this is wrong. Can we say that? This isn't good. <laughs> Put this on the list of things not to attack, right? Don't mess with don't mess with Ralph's food. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, it's uh, ransomware certification. There we go. It's gonna be <laughs> real. Uh, we, we're joking. We're like, oh, this is so funny. And dude, there's gonna be some like whole thing about this. And then like companies are gonna be like, Are you ransomware certified? Do you know how to handle a situation mm-hmm. like this? How would you, you know, do like what? What are our procedures for the backups, and how are we going to get restore functionality and stuff like that? A lot of people haven't thought about this, and which is why when this ransomware does happen, they end up paying because it actually is cheaper than going through the process of recovering their systems. Because in some cases, they just don't have that option. So, I want to I want to go to the grocery store, buy a package of, of beef, and have a little sticker on there that says "This beef is ransomware free." <laughs> <laughs> this beef was not involved in any supply chain. Oh attack. yeah, yeah. So like, uh, isn't that like kind of like similar to like the fair trade coffee? You know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I want ransom free, ransomware free. This beef, this company doesn't me. pay ransom or support this industry. Yeah, don't su- don't support them if they pay the ransom. Well, more on the uh, ransomware side. So Revil, the people that took down uh, the Kaseya and the JBS and uh, that, mm-hmm. that's the same food plant, they're they're back up and running. Nobody could have nobody could have predicted this. It went offline from July until well, apparently a couple hours ago, sometime today. Uh, they didn't go offline. They went on vacation, and they go here towards. We yeah. have too summer much money. vacation, right? We need to spend this money before we go back to work. Yeah, they is that kind they, of winning as an industry? Yes, yes. What if that? What what if that's how other companies work? Like, oh, we closed this big deal, so we took a you know a couple months off, and so. I love how the pictures. Uh, do we have that article? Um, show of the Onion site being a blog post. I wonder if it's WordPress. Right? I think I've been there, and I think it is honestly. It's a vulnerable WordPress site. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We want another one on ransomware. This is what I was actually trying to find. Uh, that I just shared in the private chat. The uh, Babook ransomware group kind of pissed off one of their employees, I guess, a 17-year-old who had stage four lung cancer. So he leaked the source code to Babook for Windows. They have an ESXi version. They have a version for uh, network-attached storage as well. So that's, a, that's an interesting one. Sure, it's nice when you can look at the exact source code <laughs> that you'll be up against. Sure. Well, wait, wait, wait. So it's described to me how that works. There's an, a ransomware for ESXi. It like encrypts the data on ESXi. Yeah. So I'm yep. assuming that they so, get... So, uh, so like, uh, I think I've seen some of it. A shell script to pause or stop, all, like kill all running VMs. Okay. And then okay. It, it's still a, a fairly Linuxy box. So it's a binary to, yeah, encrypt the like raw VMDKs and oh, such. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, it makes a lot of sense, right? Some of these companies have big vCenter environments, right? I mean, I'm, so, I'm surprised they don't have like a vCenter plugin. They just put it on there. And it's like, dude, 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 encrypt all VMs. 
perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new right click context right next to power off is encrypt. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it. You, you hijack the console software so that when they hit pause, it encrypts instead. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. You did it. You did it to it'd yourself. Be so, oh, it'd be so messed up. I say it's funny, but it's so messed up. Like you go into the interface, everything looks fine, but like all all of them are in like have like a I don't know a skull icon, and you right click and you, you have to pay per VM that you want to unlock ransom <laughs> ransom right that <laughs> plugin. Oh my god. Oh man, yeah, <sighs> the plugin can be for the defenders as well. Like, oh gosh. <laughs> 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 a, a new status page that's added where like per amount of bitcoin you send you can choose the vms to recover oh man i do want to point out that most pen testers tend to focus on the windows and the active directory integrated machines so the fact that there's esxi mm -hmm. uh ransomware tools available now makes it easier for those operators to scale beyond just the active directory things Oh, don't count. Well, I mean, it, you're not adminning, right? If you don't put your ESXi box on the border with no protection. Yeah, that's true. So. Also, don't count VMware out. You can definitely join that bad boy to a domain oh, yeah. for that sweet, sweet yeah, sure. single sign-on. You know you need it. <laughs> single sign-on. I mean, it's, I, I hold as a truism that if you compromise AD, you can get anywhere that the company operates in practice. Oh no, we have completely separate infrastructure. Sure, but does somebody log into that infrastructure using somebody a machine must. from the compromised yes. domain? Yeah, yeah, that's why I keep all my computers totally separate. I've got ten computers on my desk right now, each one for one different service. It's wild. Was uh, did we have anything else for today uh, besides ransomware? Because I think I see. Careful if you're buying phones in Russia that come pre-installed with malware. Uh, uh, careful buying phones from Russia. Do we need to say anything else? Right? Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, let, let's go back. So before, why would you buy a phone from Russia anyways, right? Like, there's, there's not really like known. Like, look at these phones. These are like flip three Russia specials. I don't know. I mean, maybe more reluctant to NSA tapping, but that's about it, dude. <laughs> well, it's like buying a used, like we've seen it before. Uh, we've talked about it on other things, uh, like buying a used crypto security, <laughs> cryptocurrency wallet, yeah. right? Hardware wallet. We've seen supply chain attacks on stuff like that. So, I mean, anything that you buy that's used, somebody else has used before you, there's a possibility that it's got something on it that you don't want, right? So... Good one to cover. Uh, this wasn't the last week and everything. Uh, the gift card gang, did that get covered last week? or? Uh, no, we didn't talk about the gift card gang. It's a good one. They're just pushing or guessing credentials to lots of email inboxes and then doing searches for gift cards that happen to be in the inbox. Just how, how can we monetize the email address itself? And that's about it. Wow, that's actually pretty simple because you could just write a reg or registry or reg X, excuse me, ah, to uh, you know pretty much kind of do the search as you kind of figure out more and more of the common gift cards and what the emails. Are have a, yeah, there you go. There's yeah. a, the image there with search from, so they'll just search. Hey, it's from yeah, uh, bitmex.com, bittrex.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah gift cards. Damn, I've it's got some directly gift cards monetizing the email inbox and then guess. <laughs> 
password guessing gets you a long way in life. It really does. This is like the <laughs> intro to hacking. Mm -hmm. Once you password guess, then no, you're actually a hacker. That's it. <laughs> all the other stuff is just uh, work. Just grinding it out. But making you a hacker is just guessing that sweet, sweet dog name and year. It's true. Gift card gangs footprint. That's yeah. My favorite is literally today on a pen test, uh, credential reuse. Admins have multiple accounts, but have the same passwords across those multiple accounts. Uh, <laughs> password reuse of the same human is ridiculously common, right? Because human, oh. they're very <laughs> entropy. Sorry. No, no, it's it's absolutely true. That is wild, though, just compromising email accounts. You know, that, that goes back to, like, you know, when we think of, like, the larger side of, you know, how you get your email or how you access some of these services and how a bunch of them have not kind of stepped up or enforced you to use a better password or enforce you to have to use two factor. Some of them have gotten brought out, like for example, baby monitors, you know, when a bunch of people were getting into those and it became like this uh -huh. scary privacy thing. They're like, Oh, well shoot. Now everyone has to have two factor to have this, you know, the more reputable companies were like, we don't want to be, you know, identified because everyone says, Oh, my baby monitor that I bought, it got hacked even though it was just like your horrible password one that, you know, got him in. And so right. this is th that article about the gift cards is that exact example. Like who's on the onus? Do we try to tell grandma to use a better password or do we make her do it? Right. And, and what does sure. that look like? Because grandma's not going to be happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> grandma's not going to use your service. If <laughs> password's got to be, more than the than the cat's name, right? Yeah, yeah. The other thing I've seen too with some recent organizations that I've uh, like interacted with is that if you even if if you try to hit that device just from an unknown or a device they haven't seen before, they'll automatically enforce some kind of out of band authentication. So maybe it's just an email, which isn't super secure, but it's better than nothing. Saying hey, you have to go click this link in the email to actually go ahead and access the account or they send you a code in the email something to kind of out of band but on a typical scenario you could you know if you're accessing it from the same device that you normally would then they don't really you know and they correlate it with ip address the browser uh, you know other kinds of signatures to kind of detect it. hey we haven't seen this person before why are, why are they logging in this way so mm -hmm. that's another way they're kind of like nudging in that two-factor without saying you have to have an authenticator to use our service right I, I jokingly refer to uh, known comp using a no compromised password as half factor authentication. And <laughs> I, I'm all for 2FA, but at least getting beyond half factor authentication and using unique passwords is a pretty good place to start off with. When, when even these small ISPs, if we can make it easier to to essentially plug into things like Have I Been Pwned and say no, that password has been seen before elsewhere. It's known compromised. Sure. Guess again. Right, the same thing as the uh, for on-prem world with uh, Azure AD password protection. I think it's called our band password. Yeah, so we're gonna run, we're gonna run out of passwords. We're gonna be able to use because they're gonna have like the whole have I been pwned database and dude. and like everything's in there. So you're gonna type something totally random and it's gonna, somebody else is gonna have used it before. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that uh, you know if uh, so. Assuming in the future we continue to use salted hashes of some level of integrity. We shouldn't be able to recover the 35 character random password. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it shouldn't end up clear text in these databases in the future, but blockchain's going to crack them or AI or, you know, quantum. Quantum, that's it. The quantum, quantum computing. Yeah. And then we'll have to make a better hash. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a revolving door. I don't know. I did see an article uh, the other day that was talking about just that, um, how quantum computing may not actually just be able to crack hashes or reverse them. That's interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Um, that space has got yeah. a long way to There's go. There's all yeah. sets of uh, quantum-safe cryptography uh, mm. uh, algorithms and such. And based on my very limited understanding of the quantum <laughs> world and computers and how they're working, I, I don't know how you could design your uh, interlinked qubits that compute hashes and comp figure out the most likely cause of... No, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It right. Quantum's going to be able to do the same math, but faster. I mean, there are some exceptions with non-polynomial time for currently uh, classical computing polynomial time, but there's all sets of quantum-safe algorithms, and I don't think hash algorithms at general purpose um, are going to be just instantly breakable in the quantum realm. Yeah, well... I mean, I hardly know how real computers work right now. So, little, I mean, quantum's really fast. <laughs> me. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fast. You'll be able to, uh, I don't know, do something. You'll be able to ransomware faster. That's really what it's going to do. We'll be able to encrypt files faster. Qua quantum <laughs> ransomware. There we go. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, if I was going to come up with a ransomware name though it'd be next gen ransomware yes next, next gen, gen. Yeah. yeah that would be that'd be the product as a service because everyone's doing it as a service nowadays all right on uh today's show of black kills information security talking about bad ideas those are three <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's all we had today did you guys have anything else you want to talk about i know jeff you got a couple good ones in there a little uh, uh ryan had a great post uh from discord it's on the private chat oh rush mcdonald's mcdonald's it's hilarious when you look at the actual article the image inside it's the it looks like the from address that's sent like in email actually has the database credentials that's a new way like, yeah click on that link that, that picture yeah. oh right i there. see yeah, it. Yeah. yeah Ooh, perfect that's a new so was this credentials like, that I hadn't anticipated before. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, if you go into that image. Yeah, so was this like an SQL injection that went astray and they just sprayed everything out to all the email addresses? Is that what happened? Oh, okay. So that's not the from. That's that's part of the actual email. Yeah. So right. it, it, looks, it looks like a template template went astray. And you were seeing some of the uh, database. Supposedly, they said that it was. Uh, they tried to connect to the production server, but it was it was firewalled off. Um, and McDonald's said that um, the error that this was an error, and it was for a staging server's password. Well, it um, looks like the staging server was online. The production one wasn't accessible from across the internet. Yes. But, yeah. Yes. Luckily, nobody can pivot. It's actually not <laughs> possible to move from staging to production. Yeah, right. No. 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 It's okay. It's in the DMZ. It was in way. Azure, and Microsoft's got next-gen monitors. It's good. You can't. It's unhackable. Unhackable, just like Exchange. That's kind of funny, though, to see uh, some creds cool. in an fun. email, though. 
hey, congratulations. Do you want to be a hacker? (laughs) (laughs) One of those uh, speed run breaches. Normally, there's multiple steps involved in a breach, except for things like S3 buckets with credentials directly or emailing credentials to your customers. So super fun, super fun <laughs> idea for a CTF though would be to do something like this, where like you uh, have to solicit something and an email comes back and it has some credentials or something else hidden inside of it, and they weren't unintended, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be a fun little uh, chase. Chase this one down based off of real events. That's how like a CTF should be like worded. Like this CTF is all modeled after real attacks. You must compromise this company. <laughs> I might send that to a certain holiday hacking challenge set of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good idea there, Ralph. (laughs) Well, uh, I think that's all we had for today. Uh, I really appreciate everybody joining us today. Steve, thanks for showing up. And Jeff, thank you again for coming and hanging out with us. You're welcome anytime. You just have to wear a shirt that's cooler than Steve's. I know you can do it. Mm. I know you can do it. Actually, you do have a picture that's cooler than Steve's right now. So, oh, oh, there we go. There oh, wow. is no scope. <laughs> and for everyone else, uh, we will see you guys next week so we can talk less ransomware and more attacks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye.